Praise the Lord. This morning I'd like to talk to you about returning to the fullness of the blessing. Can you say that with me? Returning Returning. to the fullness fullness. of the blessing. The Bible is... A lot of people like to define the Bible as, well, it's the story of Jesus, and absolutely, it is the story of Jesus. But what was the job that Jesus was sent to do? To restore the blessing to the people. And so, really, we can say that the Bible is the story of the blessing. From the beginning of creation to when man lost it in Genesis chapter 3, to Jesus showing up on the scene, dying on the cross. And then we find out in Galatians chapter 3 by the words of the Apostle Paul that the blessing is restored to the Gentiles. Genesis chapter 1, if you would, turn there with me real quick. How many of you can say you're blessed this morning? I am blessed. I am not cursed. I've been redeemed from the curse. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. God did a great job. And here we see God at the apex of his creation. Can somebody say the apex? The top. In other words, God can't create anything better than what he's about to create. Ooh, that's good right there. He said in verse 26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Why couldn't he make it any better? Because he made them to be just like him. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in His own image, in the image of God. Somebody say that, the image of God. Turn to somebody and say, you're looking good this morning. You're looking a little bit like your father. In the image of God, He created them. Most importantly, male and female. He created them. There's no confusion there. The world just likes to sow confusion. The devil likes to sow confusion. So if there's any confusion, we know it's not from God. Verse 28, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant uh, throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happens. Then he looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was what? Good. It was good. Now, when we talk about Adam and Eve, primarily we begin to think of not this part. What do we think of? The fall. But I want to tell you that Adam and Eve lived in the fullness of the blessing. For however long it was between Genesis chapter 1 and 2 till we get to Genesis chapter 3, they lived in the fullness of the blessing, did not know failure, did not know strife, did not know toil, they did not know sweat. They lived in the fullness of the blessing. 
But yet we know them for what? Their mess up, their fall. And then in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, we see because of that fall, the curse entered the earth. Sin and death entered the earth. Now, how many of you know Jesus triumphed over sin and death? And if He triumphed over sin and death, He triumphed over the curse. And so if we have no reason to tolerate sin and death in our life, how many of you know there's no reason to fear death? There's no reason to fear death. Why? Because if I die, I'm going home. And there's no reason to tolerate the curse in our life. But oftentimes we become so used to the curse, it looks normal. And so if any of this sounds normal to you, then you need to hear what we have to say. Verse 17, And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground which you were made. And from, uh, for you were made from the dust, and to the dust you shall return. Now this is Labor Day weekend, amen? Now the blessed people of God say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm not cursed. cursed. Blessed people of God, people who want to live in the blessing because it's available to them. We labor, but we don't toil. We labor, but we don't have to strive. We, We labor, but we don't have to sweat. Now, I'm a sweater. I know that, hey, I've lived here all my life. I've been in this church all my life. Y'all know me. Uh, And so... Here we go. You're going to get a little more insight into to Tim. Man, I can look at something. And if I look at it long enough, there's going to be beads of sweat just running down my... I, I am just... That's how I am. I don't know why. But I don't have to sweat for a living. It got really quiet. Because I think it's beginning to hit us that maybe... There's bits and pieces of my life I'm not living in the fullness of the blessing. There's bits and pieces that maybe God has something more for you and for me. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got more for you. Poke yourself in the chest and say this, he's got more for me. Well, what is the blessing? Can somebody tell me what is the blessing? The empowerment to prosper, the empowerment to succeed in all that you do. Somebody say that with me. The empowerment to succeed in all I do. I like how uh, it puts it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. uh, Everything that you put your hands to prospers. And when we live in the blessing, everything we do has no other choice but to succeed. When we live in the fullness of the blessing, anything we put our hands to has no other choice to succeed. And you may be sitting there thinking, Tim, I've had a lot of failures. And uh, I'll look right back at you and say, me too. I've had a lot of failures. 
But I'm still growing in the fullness of the blessing. In fact, I want to tell you, if there's any temptation or if there's any potential for a failure in your life, it's an opportunity for the blessing to go to work. Just because there's a potential for a failure doesn't mean there's a failure. Oftentimes we see, uh, that's going to fail. No, there's still time for God to move. There's still time for God to work. There's still time for the blessing to show up in my life. The blessing is the empowerment to succeed in all you do. And the side effects of that empowerment is spiritual growth, spiritual power, it's health, it's wholeness, it's soundness, it's prosperity. Somebody say prosperity. prosperity. You know, prosperity is one of those words that the church, not this church, praise God, but the body of Christ just doesn't like to use. They don't like tongues. Well, you know what? Praise God. I'm a tongue-talking believer. I have the power of God living and dwelling on the inside of me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I am proud. I am pleased that I am a spirit-filled Christian. Why? Because when the rest of the body of the Christ is without power, guess who's got it? You and me. You know, we're what the world needs. We are what the world needs. With so many churches in America, tens of thousands of churches in America, and yet we still are in the state that we're in. Maybe it's because so many churches are without the power. And perhaps it's because so many churches don't want to talk about the blessing. And the prosperity that it brings. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. A side effect of the blessing is prosperity. A side effect of the blessing is wisdom in all situations. When you begin to walk in the blessing, you just know what to do. You just know what to do. It almost becomes a second nature. I know what I'm going to do. A side effect of the blessing is rest from all toil, strife, stress, and strain. It's rest. A side effect of the blessing is fruitfulness in all that you do. How many parents I got in here? Praise the Lord. A side effect of the blessing is blessed children. A side effect of the blessing is victory. Conquered enemies. Now, what did Jesus tell us to do to our enemies? Pray for them. He even said, bless them. But what the Lord does to my enemies, that's between the Lord and my enemies. As long as I do what? Pray for them and bless them. I don't want to get on the, uh, the punishment side of what happens to my enemies because I didn't do what? Pray for them. And bless them. If you would turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is a very familiar passage. But you know, when you begin to dive into the Word of God and you begin to read it and you begin to see it with a new light, 
Faith begins to rise. How many of you need a little boost in your faith this morning? Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. I'm going to start and you can catch up. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. You know what? You're supposed to be set high above all the nations of the earth. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, everything that I am about to read to you applies to you. It doesn't apply to your family as a whole. Yes, it does. But I'm saying you, specifically as a person, poke yourself in the chest. Say, me. Everything I'm about to read applies to you. Not just the body of Christ. Not just your family, but you as an individual. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. blessed. Your fruit baskets and bread, uh, bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. That's one worth underlining right there. Wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm walking in the fullness of the blessing. Everything I do prospers. Verse 7, the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you one way, but they will scatter from you seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and you will fill your um, and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. How many of you uh, want some uh, new home, new land? There's a verse for you right there. Is it talking about Israel going into the promised land? Yeah, it's talking about that. But then I just say everything I'm talking about is for you. It's for you. In the land He is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, the Lord will establish you as His holy people as He swore He would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people God claimed, uh, are, are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. You know, the world, especially as the world gets darker, The world is going to just get darker and darker and darker. But you know what the body of Christ is going to do? Get brighter and brighter and brighter. When the world is struggling to to find things, struggling to pay this, struggling to do that, not you. Say it, not me. I really feel like I'm hitting a spiritual thud here. But I really want to break that wall down. This is about you. He died so you could have the blessing operating in your life. Did he die for your healing? Yes. Did he die for your salvation? Yes. Did he die so you can go to heaven? Yes. But he also died that you can live in the fullness of the blessing. Verse 11. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land He swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, uh, 
numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need. Oh, you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, if you will carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Mm. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must never turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after any other gods and worship them. Turn with me back to Genesis chapter 12. If we're going to talk about the blessing, we have to talk about Mr. Blessing himself. Great grandpappy Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had. And I am. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. All right. Chapter 12 and verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. You know, that is so symbolic of what we did. We left this world. I'm not of this world anymore. I died to self. I'm alive to Christ. Amen? And sometimes we just need to remember that dead self doesn't need to be resurrected again. Those old habits don't need to be resurrected again. In Galatians it says, I sin when I begin to rebuild what was destroyed. Galatians chapter 5. Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt, or in other words, bless those who, or curse those who curse you. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Then let's go to chapter 17. Abraham needed to be reminded once again of that moment he had with the Lord. Chapter 17 and verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old. I don't think we have anybody 99 in here. Do we? So everybody in here is younger than 99? Well, there's hope for you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? If Abraham took him 99 years to get it through his skull that he is blessed. Amen? There's hope for you. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live blameless and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give uh, to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell on his face on the ground and, and then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name 
it will no longer be Abram, but instead called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants to you. And I will give you the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. I apologize, I misread that. Uh, I'll give that uh, where I now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Now you and I, according to Galatians chapter 3, and let's turn there, have the same blessing as Abraham. The same blessing as Abraham. As Abraham prospered in everything that he did, as Abraham took possession of everything that was promised to him, you and I will prosper in all that we do and take possession of everything that was promised to you and I. What was promised to you and I? Everything Jesus died to, to pay for. Your healing. Your deliverance. Your freedom. If you're believing for your children, they'll be blessed. Why? Because Jesus died and paid that your children will be blessed. Poke yourself in the chest. Say, I'm supposed to be blessed. Galatians chapter 3 and verse, let's start in verse 13. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are, believe, uh, who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. The blessing is not just for material possessions, but spiritual. You know, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is part of what? The blessing. A lot of people just like to say, well, I don't, I'm not into that blessing stuff, but I'll, I'll take all the spiritual stuff. Well, let me tell you, um, the blessing is just as much of the spiritual stuff as it is the material stuff. And there's this idea in the body of Christ that, um, and, and they make it sound humble. That I, I, don't, I don't want all the stuff, I just want God. Well, let me tell you, if you get God, you get the blessing. If you want more of God, guess what you're going to get? More of his blessing. Now, our motivation should not be the stuff. Are you with me? Motivation is not the stuff. But I will take the stuff and do what he wants me to do with it. Amen? Amen? And there's the difference. 
A lot of people like to misquote uh, the, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, money is the root of all No, 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 no. It's who do you love? Who do you love? Because if you love the Lord, money's not your Lord. Amen? Money's just a tool. It's a tool to get the job done so we can go home. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm young. I'm 29 years old. Praise the Lord. I'm still in my 20s. That's what I keep telling people. Still in my 20s. And some of y'all are thinking, yeah, you are still in your 20s. Uh, but I'm still young. But you know what? There's just been this desire. I want to go home. Not a premature exodus whatsoever. I'm not ready for, I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But if the trumpet sounded, I'm happy. I'm ready for him so I can go home. And praise the Lord. But you know what? I enjoy this life. I love my family. I love serving you all. I love spending time with my daughter and my wife. And all that is is great. I'm going to continue to do that to the best of my ability. But if the trumpet sounded, I'm perfectly fine. I have no regrets. I'm ready to go. Amen. Most Christians live in a degree of the blessing. I want to say that again. Most Christians live in a degree of the blessing. But not many live in the fullness of the blessing, let alone even attempt to live in the fullness of the blessing. Not many live in the fullness, let alone even attempt to live in the fullness. Why do people fail to live in the fullness of the blessing? One, religion. Let me say that again. Religion. I'll just take, I'll just take a little bit here, there. I'll just take, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, just, just enough. Just enough. I'll just have just enough. And I'm gonna I'm gonna live and 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 just toil and strive and and do everything I I, I can to well, let me tell you. You may think that your intentions are noble and honorable, but you're leaving the covenant on the table. There is still bloodshed promises that you are declining because of your religion. There is still blood-bought promises that you are leaving on the table because of a what you believe is a noble or honorable way of life. Amen? Don't let religion get in the way of what Jesus paid for. Now here in this church, how many of you know it's God's will to heal? I got a lot of amens. How many of you know that it is God's will for you to prosper? And it's God's will for you to be prosperous in all that you do. And if you're living just enough, just like what Pastor Art was talking about, or maybe even if you're living in not enough, you need to come out of your Egypt. 
Get out of the wilderness. Did you know God's plan was not the wilderness? A lot of people build a theology around the wilderness, and the wilderness was not God's plan one bit. They call it the wilderness journey, the wilderness experience. I'm just in the wilderness. I'm in this season. God didn't plan for you to be there. God didn't want the Israelites there. He doesn't want you to be there. God wants you to be in the promised land, the land of more than enough. Amen? I think some of y'all are getting that. The wilderness experience is not for you. You were not built for the wilderness. You were built for the promised land. Religion. Number two is shame. I've done too much. I've made too many mistakes. God can't bless me. I want to tell you about the prodigal son. You know, he, we call him the prodigal son, but once he came home, he wasn't a prodigal son no more. But we still do what? We call him the prodigal son. But for that short amount of time in his life, we as Christians define him by what? The prodigal son. But when he decided, I'm going to come home, and I'm just going to be a servant, and his father, what, ran, met him where he was at, blessed him, gave him back his name, gave him back his authority, gave him back his status, returned him to where he was before, and I would even argue, greater. I would even argue greater. And you and I, we may call ourselves the prodigal son, but once that status, once that inheritance, once that authority is placed back in our lives, we're not the prodigal anymore. We're the blessed. And you need to quit calling yourself a prodigal. When you're forgiven, you're forgiven. 1 John 1.9 Confess my sin, and He is what? Faithful and just to forgive and cleanse of all unrighteousness. Can I break that down for you real quick? We confess our sins. He is faithful. What does it mean to be faithful? Constant, consistent. You know what you're going to get. And He is faithful. So when you come and you confess your sin to Him, guess what? He's not going to scratch His head and think about it. He's going to see the blood. Amen. He's going to see the blood and he's going to be faithful. I've done too much. I don't care what you've done. And he doesn't either. I don't care to what degree you've done it. What filth you've gotten yourself into. You confess your sins. He is faithful. And any thought that he won't forgive you is saying that God is not faithful. Hmm. I wouldn't dare say that. But not just is he, not only is he faithful, but he is what? Just. Just. Or in other words, he's about to pronounce his verdict. His verdict is what? Not guilty. Forgiven. Innocent. Amen? That's his justice. 
when we confess our sins, He is faithful. He's going to do it time and time and time and time and time again as long as we do what? Confess. We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive, but not just forgive. We like to leave it there. What else does He do? Cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And you in your own mind still, uh, still may see your sin. You in your own mind st- may still see you in your failure and your mistakes, but he doesn't. He sees you washed in the blood of Jesus. And you know what? You might as well put yourself in agreement with what he sees and what he says. Amen? Amen? No matter the failure, no, how, no matter how great or the quantity of sin that you may have done... <laughs> or the quality of sin you may have done, put yourself in agreement with what He says and what He's done and what He sees. But so many people fail to live in the blessing because of shame. Number three, people fail to live in the fullness of the blessing because of failure. What do I mean by failure? Uh, I failed too many times. I've, I've, I've waited on God so long it didn't work. That's what I mean by failure. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. There's a famous saying, I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. Let me tell you, faith's been working far longer than you've been alive. I mean, you know, when you try a new tool and it doesn't work, it's what? Operator error. (laughs) It's operator error. Let me tell you, When there is a faith failure, it's operator error. It is never God's fault. Maybe you just need to learn to what? Use the tool. Use it properly. How do you use it? How do I work it? What are the components of it? And spend your life, what? Growing in faith. And it even says, the just shall live. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Number four is pride. People fail to live in the fullness of the blessing because of pride. Or in other words, I got this. I can do this. I'll pay my own bills. You can even love the Lord and sing all the songs, come to church, and you may even give. But if you've got the mindset of, I will take care of my needs. You are not going to live in the blessing. How foolish would it be for us to think, I'll get myself to heaven. You're going to fail. (laughs) And how many times have we thought, I'll pay my own bills. And how many times have we failed? Let me tell you something. When you rely on your own strength, you are destined to fail. (laughs) But when you trust in God and you rest in the promise, amen, and you decide, I'm going to be blessed against all of my flesh that says, do do this, do that, and even your own mind that's full of shame, and you just decide, I'm just going to be blessed. And you make that quality decision. I'm going to be blessed. I refuse to be cursed. 
I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. And you just begin to let your voice and your heart align with what God says. That's when the blessing begins to to work in your life. Lastly, lack of vision. What do I mean by that? Well, you just can't see yourself blessed. You just can't see yourself blessed. I don't know where I'm going. I believe there's so many young people that are lost because they're not asking the Lord where to go and what to do and spending time in silence to let Him speak. Spending time in silence to let Him speak. So many times we ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then we run off. (laughs) It says, be still and know that I am God. He's not found in the tornado. He's not found in the thunderstorm. He's not found in, in the fire and the hail and all that. Where's he found? In the still small voice. How do you hear a still small voice? I, pardon me if this upsets, uh, upsets some people. You shut up. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> shut yourself up and let God talk. How many of you want to know how to live in the fullness of the blessing? My goodness, I'm preaching what my, my father has taught me for years and years and years. This is nothing new. But you know what? We need to hear it. We need to hear it. And I want to say something. Not just my father, but my mother taught me these things. A lot of the confessions that I have, that I speak over myself and my family, I learned from my mom. Thank you. How do I walk? Say that with me. How do I walk in the fullness of the blessing? Number one, just like Abraham, get a name change. He went from Abram to Abraham. Or in other words, you got to join the family. And when you join a family, guess what changes? Your name. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5, it says that Jesus, whom the whole family is named. I don't know where that fits. I don't know if it's going to be a surname or whatever it may be. But I have a name change. And you have a name change. You are in the family of God. And just like the prodigal son reclaimed his name. Reclaimed his name, reclaimed his authority, reclaimed his stature and his status in that family. Amen? And I'm sure there were times he thought of himself back in the pig pen, but you know what? He looked at that ring and he looked at that coat and he looked at those sandals. I'm not in the pig pen no more. And neither are you. And neither are you. I'm prophesying to some of you. You're not in the pig pen anymore. You're not a prodigal anymore. You're a full-blown, full-fledged, authority-given, spirit-filled, born-again, blood-bathed son and daughter of God. Number two, 
become established in your heart. Brother Copeland preached a, one of my favorite series called The Established Heart. What do I mean by established? It means undivided, decided, unwavering. My heart is undivided. I've decided and I'm not wavering. On what? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I ain't, I, pardon my Kentucky. I ain't, I ain't got any choice. <laughs> I ain't got any choice, but I'm blessed. I'm going to prosper. When? I don't know. But I know my needs are met. And when blessings begin to, uh, to show up in my life to a greater degree and greater frequency, well, you know what? I'm just going to do what He wants me to do with it. And when the Lord drops that big piece of land and that beautiful white house in my possession, praise the Lord. Amen. It's His house. I just get to live in it. That's it. That's it. Amen. Become established in your heart, undivided, unwavering. I am blessed and I refuse to be cursed another day in my life. Any time the devil presents a difficult situation is a perfect timing for the blessing to go to work in your life. Not to cower, not to hide, and not to give up. That's what an established heart does. Anytime there's a situation, because anytime we, we see a situation, guess what? We think we failed. Jesus said, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be persecution. You'd be stupid to think you didn't. <laughs> but anytime we see that, we think, oh, we failed. Oh, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's going to work. Yeah, it's going to work. Don't give up. Don't give up. One last thing on this established heart. Someone who has an established heart, man, they are hard-headed. They are hard-headed about what they believe. They're not changing their mind. Number three, become consistent in your confession. Say it with me. Become consistent in your confession. Consistent in the frequency, consistent in the content. What do I mean by that? Well, you're consistently confessing the right thing. And the right thing. The right thing. Not the wrong thing. Not the emotion thing. Not the what I feel thing. The right thing. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Number four, just like He told Abraham, walk in purity before Him. Why would I say that? Because I don't want any hindrances. Walk in purity. No hindrances. Number five, be a blessing. You know why Abraham was blessed? To be a blessing. <laughs> he said all of the nations of the earth will be blessed by you. Because of you. Be a blessing. Well, Tim, I, I have no... no Possession, I have nothing that I could be a blessing to the nations of the earth. You can be a blessing to your neighbor. 
You can be a blessing to your spouse. You can be a blessing to that cashier. You can be a blessing to that waiter or waitress. Start with where you're at. Start with where you're at and what you've got. And then let him just begin to grow you. Number six, how do you walk in the, the fullness of the blessing? You dream with God. You dream with God. And God doesn't dream small dreams. God who can imagine a universe and imagine a human being and imagine all the animals. He's a creative God. He's got a wild imagination. He, he knew how to put it all into being. Let me tell you, dream with God. Believe big and believe Him. And let, if others make fun of you, it's a good marker that you're on the right, the right path. How dare you believe that? Ooh. You're doing good. You're doing right. When others make fun of you, you know you're believing big. And if you're believing big, you hurt him. Even when religious people, even when your neighbor, even when the people that you like and you love and you look up to, how, why would you believe? For, you're doing good. You're on the right track. Keep it up. Just forget what they said. Just use it as a marker. All right. I'm going where I'm supposed to go. I'm believing to the degree I'm supposed to believe. And for those who have believed God and, and have dreamt big dreams, pick them back up. Pick those dreams back up. Something that the Lord told you to do years ago and what I or told you to believe for years ago or something that's just been the desire of your heart for so long, pick it back up. Return. Pick it back up. Worship team, you go ahead and come on up. Pick it back up. Say it with me. Pick it back up. If you would close your eyes with me.